world's on fire, our culture's disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. So uh, get your communion ready today. We're going to jump there in a minute. Is there? Uh, I love to gore sacred oxes. I guess to be honest with you, I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't take great pleasure in it. Although I guess I do take some some pleasure in it. Um, just, I just I just love love to go. <clears throat> I've, I've been I've been pondering the condition that we're in. Let me let me let me share this with you. I think I can. Say this. I think I can publicly say this. I, I know of a pastor. A pastor called me yesterday, and uh, he said, "Coach, um, uh, wasn't the first thing he told me, but he said, uh, Coach, I've been fired.'" I said, "What?" So yeah, I just got. I just heard. Uh, I just got a call from the uh, uh, superintendent. Whatever. Whatever that means. I mean, I don't even know what the hell that means. They got a call from the superintendent. That they're pulling my pastorate, and I said, uh, uh, "Does the congregation know?" He said, "No, no. I have to tell them Sunday. Sunday is my last service at my church." I said, "Then the people don't get any say." He says, "No, no. In the Methodist Church, which is what he's a member of, uh, we are appointed by an elder board, and for whatever reason." Uh, uh, they, they pulled my credentials. They pulled, pulled my credentials. And I just got, I just, I just kind of scratched my head and said, wait, wait a minute, wait, how, how, how does this work? The people don't get a, people don't get a vote on it. And so then my eyes begin to be open and I begin to see what's going on, and why, why the pulpits are where they are. I see why guys go off and become independent pastors and start their own churches. I, I see it now. Right, folks. I can't even tell you how much that opened my eyes. That nobody in the congregation knows that Sunday their pastor is going to step in the pulpit and say, hey, "I've been fired." Now he's probably not going to say it that way. But that's the truth. With the Spirit of the Lord, there's liberty. And, and see, it comes back to this. By the way, again, we're going to do communion here in just a second. Uh, it comes back to this. I believe. Okay, I'm not a theologian. I'm just a helmet head football coach. I can tell you this. There is no way that Jesus Christ died on that cross to set up independent churches and independent denominations. No way, no how. No way. No way. Amen. Read about the church at Corinth, the church at Thessalonica, churches in towns. And what did they do? They met house to house. Did they not? Somebody with me here? They met house to house. And somewhere along the line, we decided that the church became this great big group of people that came and gathered together on Sunday. And that church became Christianity in their town. Except, oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you this. The pastor that got fired, got fi- I'm not making it up. He got fired because he was a little bit upset with the direction that the United Methodist Church was going. And in the process of it, he renewed, or uh, I don't know what the word would be, his Nazarene credentials. So in other words, he joined the enemy. He went from being part of one Christian denomination to another Christian denomination, and they fired him. This is what we're dealing with. This is what we're dealing with. You wonder why we can't advance the kingdom. We we don't even like each other, folks. We don't even like each other. And we're we are so hell-bent on our doctrine and our beliefs, and never ever enters our mind that we might be wrong. Hang on. 
Is there such a thing as speaking in tongues or not? Yes or no? Is there such a thing as a baptism in the Holy Spirit or not? Yes or no? It can't be either or. It's yes or no. Have the gifts ceased or have they not? Yes or no? Is the, is the pastor the king of the church or not? Yes or no? These things, friends, there's no, there's no middle ground on these things. And we find ourselves in the mess that we are in because I believe we have been taught a non, how do I say this in a nice way? And we've been taught a non-participatory Christianity. From the day you walk in the church, first time you ever walk in the church and get saved, it happened to me. I came in, I received Christ, uh, I was transformed, I sat down on the pew, and the guy in the pulpit became my boss. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. 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 That guy became my boss, whether I knew whether he was right amen. or whether he was wrong, whether I knew what he was talking about, where I wasn't talking about, and he was able to stand up in front of me and and tell me how to live and what's going to happen in the future based on his opinion of the Bible. How do I know it's his opinion of the Bible? Because there's a church just right across the street that has a different opinion of it. You with me? Who's right? Who's wrong? That's that's the mess we find. Uh, we can't we can't even. We have churches. The United Methodist Church cannot decide whether homosexuality is good or bad. Not just some people in it. The United Methodist Church as a whole is woke. And see, it's when you get when you get doctrines out of line, when you get the love doctrine out of line, then it becomes Open the door and let every form of animal come into the church. Because why? God loves all animals. He loves them all. And that's what Christianity has become. We're right, you're wrong. Our group, not your group. Join us, not them. And I'll never forget back when I was down in London, Ohio, we was trying to put together some youth groups for our football players. Not just our football players, but a lot of the guys on the team were Christians. In fact, their faith got deeper uh, during the time that we were together. And uh, uh, so I tried to figure out a way on Sunday nights to get them together for some spiritual stuff. Well, you know who complained, don't you? Anybody know who complained? It wasn't a school board member. It wasn't the pagan down the street. Who complained? Anybody know who complained? The church. Pastor. pastor. The pastors. Because the pastor did not want the, the kid in their youth group going down to that other church. Oh, no. We we don't necessarily agree with their doctrine, so there you are. I'm, I'm going. This is, this is just all over me this morning. See, I'm. I guess I'm rebellious by nature, in a good way. In a good way. I hate injustice. I hate it. I hate it. We have a system that operates on. I'm going to get. I'm going to get that in a second. Joe, I'm sorry. To take up so much of your time. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Joe, come on, lead us in the. Again, for those of you watching us on the uh, Patriot Party News, we do this every every Friday. We take communion together. The Bible says, "As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me." So uh, we do it. We do it every every Friday. You're welcome to go get your own element, get a cracker, drink of water. Doesn't matter what you get. Do whatever you want to, and join us. As Joe 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 lives in California, and uh, he's he he grabbed the bull by the horn and says, "I'll do that, Coach. I'll I'll, I'll be glad to do it." And so Joe's been. Joe's not uh, some uh, Bishop Joe. He's not some, uh, uh, what do they call those? He's not some Apostle Joe. He's not some uh, uh, Overseer Joe. He's Joe. He's Joe. He lives in California, just a guy, and he wants to lead us. And so, uh, Common Joe, come on in and lead us here. Thank you, man, your brother. Uh, yeah, morning, it's the truth, Coach. right? Huh? It, it's the truth. People get upset that they go, is he ordained? Is he a pastor? <laughs> no, it can't it keep me connected to people I love. Amen. And uh, it's not easy getting up at three something in the morning. <laughs> so, um, we appreciate, but I, we appreciate you, dude. Uh, yeah. Well, I, pre- I appreciate the privilege. <clears throat> I know you do. So let us. Uh, Read a little bit. For the love of Christ constraineth us because we thus judge. 
that if one died for all, then we're all dead. Amen. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Mm. Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Amen. Though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Dude, oh. that's me. That, did that happen to any of you out there? I became a new creature, man. I became a new thing, right? Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Amen. What's that? Turn my volume. I'm sorry. Technical. Joseph, he's, talking, he's talking in my ear. I'm sorry. Go ahead. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us unto himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Dude, dude, ministry of reconciliation? You mean the Methodists and the Baptists ought to be reconciling? Yes, I think so. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. This is so deep. I'm not a theologian, but this is so deep. Go ahead, Joe. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ Mm. as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead be reconciled to God. Can you go a little bit down, producer. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we may be made the righteousness of God in him. Wow, boy, oh boy, that is a theological study right oh, there, baby. That that <laughs> I had to read a couple times, Coach. But and I thought, well, maybe it'd be good for me to wake up a little bit better in the morning. Having to read that. Some people, uh, they want to know where this was. This is Second Corinthians. What is five, this? Five. Five. 14 to 21. Corinthians five. Second Corinthians five. Thanks, Joe. Bracelet. Folks, I'm sorry. I got a text here. Am I still echoing, echoing Jonathan? Am I okay? What, what do I need to do? Okay, thanks. Go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry, Joe. Okay. Uh, let's say a little short prayer, everybody. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for that your word, which we now reminded is very deep, but also is so simple in many ways that one died that we may live, that You are a God that gave your only begotten Son that we who believe in him may have everlasting life. That part is simple, Lord. But we cannot put it all together in the big picture how you manage to do everything and make everything work out to the good. That is beyond us, Lord. But we follow you and we are grateful for you. And so please, Lord, be with us this day be with the brothers and sisters on this call, be with our families, be with our friends, be with the the things that we hold dear, and walk with us this, this next day and the weekend. Help us to be who you want us to be, that peop- that people we encounter may recognize your son who gave all for us, may recognize him and us from time to time. And we ask forgiveness of our sins and transgressions as we come into your sight. And we we bless this bread and drink representing the body and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ who gave all for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
the same that the Lord Jesus in the same night, excuse me, you have you uh, in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, "Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me." After the same manner, also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you, Amen. Joe. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much, Joe. God bless you. It grieves me. Uh, thanks, Joe. It grieves me of what we've allowed Christianity to become. It grieves me. Just be honest with you. King of kings, Lord of lords, Alpha and Omega, beginning and end, first and last. In all, through all, of all. And how we've relegated Jesus to do this, don't do that. It saddens me. And I was thinking this morning, I'll get you here in a second, Mel. I was thinking this morning, my wife, my my wife said to me, that's why I love her so much. It's like she reads my mind. She said, because she does a, Michelle does a call on Thursday nights with some women. If you ever want to be part of it, just let me know you can. It's just a phone call. And she says, honey, she calls me because I wash the dishes. She says, honey. Everybody's got lost children. Well, that really hit that. She didn't know it, but that really hit me in the gut. Why do we have such lost children? Why have our children rejected Christ? But they haven't reset, reset, rejected Christ, see? They've, they've rejected a different gospel, in my opinion. It's a different gospel. Do this, don't do that. Can't you read the signs? Signs, signs everywhere, signs. Rather than a relationship, rather than being part of a kingdom, rather than realizing, dude, if you would just stop doing some of the crap that you do and you live a more righteous life, many of your problems are going to go away. They're going to go away. We've done such a horrible job of the message of Jesus Christ. Kingdom, principles, all that. Grieves me this morning. Go ahead, Mel. Come on in and, and Cindy or Roger, whichever one it is. Go ahead. I don't want anybody else yet, okay? Please, go ahead. Yeah, I know about those prodigal children. So, hey, um, Mr. Producer, if you would go to the Liberty Action Network website, I've got a couple of events to announce today. I'm kind of supporting a couple of events that have been mentioned here previous. Go ahead and click on events at, a to at the top of the page. Go to upcoming events. <laughs> Scroll down to the second one. <clears throat> Coach Dave's been invited. If you click on that, you can get more information. Coach Dave's been invited to Toboso United Methodist Church this Sunday. So to make it easy for you to find the place, anybody local, this is these are more local events for people um, in the central Ohio area. The address is there and um, the start time. Um, we'll probably gather around 1015, the people that are going. And church starts at 1030. You'll go back out, um, Mr. Producer. The other event that I want to promote this morning is Church in the Garage um, next Tuesday. God's children are not for sale. So that is happening next Tuesday at 6 o'clock. Um, Tom Dunn's going to be there, Harry Clappinger. And these men both have knowledge and experience about um, what's happening in our culture with, you know, all the missing children and things. And um, so anyway, um, you know, they'll be presenting that and also... Um, will help give us some ideas of maybe what we can do. So just wanted to support both um, Coach and um, Jeff Klein in these in these events. So that's what I have, Coach. Thanks. Thanks, thanks, Mel. Appreciate that. And, uh, of course, don't forget uh, tomorrow morning at Glenn's Church, and we really haven't advertised that much, Glenn. Did, can you stick an address in there, Glenn, for those maybe who guys locally would want to 
show up? What's the address and when does, what time does it start and all that? Yeah, I'll, I'll put that in the chat uh, as well as my phone number in case anybody has any questions. I'll put the address uh, and the time in there. Just a, just a question. Maybe Clint Harper's out there. Maybe, maybe Tom Gill's out there. Maybe Dale Socha's out there. What are, what are the pastors afraid of? Do, pa- do pastors want real men or not? Do they want real men or not? What are they afraid of? I don't. I, I get it, but I don't get it. Cindy, go ahead. Roger, whichever one. Oh, Dave. You know, you said a comment about the nominations, and you know, when you read the Book of Acts, like you said, you know, if Jesus came back as you were talking, all these, what would he think? Oh my it, goodness! It, I never really thought it like the way you just so simply said it. You know, when you read of the book of Acts, we're kind of the early church. It's, I, I just found that a boom comment. Jesus walking the earth saying, what in the world is all this division? In, <laughs> in, 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 my, in, my name, in my name. <laughs> in my name. Thank you. Amen. Huh? Right? Jesus said, foolish and unlearned questions do avoid, for they do engender strifes. Right? And we major on minors. We major on minors. That's the truth. Sadly, grieves me. Grieves me. Pastors are in competition. They're in competition. Jr. Hey, tomorrow morning. They'll never admit it. They'll never admit they're in competition. But they're in competition. They're not unified. They're not all on the same team. They're not, they're not, you, there's no revival. There's no unified revival going on in towns where pastors get together and do, that, that doesn't happen. Why? Because the Methodists ain't going to go with them Baptists and them Baptists sure ain't going with them Pentecostals. Amen. Go ahead, Jail. Hey, tomorrow morning, you, you had mentioned in Marietta about meeting uh, MOVAC folks, MOCAC yeah. folks. I got a yeah. hold of Glenn Newman, who is the founder of MOCAC. And uh, we're going to have him on the program tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock. That'll be after you're, you're talking. So he'll be on the 11 o'clock hour. And also, four days before the fire in Hawaii, a group of people who you will not believe predicted that Hawaii was going to go down, that there'd be a problem. I don't think anybody knows who that is. Tomorrow morning, we'll let you know. Thank you very much. <laughs> Amen. 10 o'clock. Last call, radio.live. Last call. You know what you need, Jr. You need a new easy link. And I don't know how you do that. I don't. I don't know how you do that because I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I can't remember where to find you. Hmm. Last call. Just radio. tell me the truth. Dot yeah. live. Right, whatever. Where, where can they find last call radio? Dot live. Well, then continue to push that one. Then last call we'll radio. Sir. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Confusion. Because I, I don't know about you guys are. Somebody can say uh, somebody can say a website to me, and I forget it 20, 30 seconds later. What was that again? What was that again, Esther? What was that? What was that? Right. So that's why Coach Dave lives <laughs> catchy, right? I say I'm Coach Dave, and I'm live. I'm Coach Dave, and I'm live. It's catchy. Gotcha. Cool. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Where do I start here this morning? Here's where I'm going to start. Oh yeah. I'm going to start here, Jonathan. This is a joke. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to open it up to what you guys want to talk about, and then I'm going to mix some stuff in. Just pull up. Uh, I just want you. Well, I just sent you, Jonathan. Just pull that up, if you could, because I want everybody to feel confident today that if something were to happen to President Joe Biden, we have Kamala standing in the wings. Did you get it, Jonathan? Uh-oh. See, my, my daggone email does that to me. I think it's, I sent it to you, didn't I? Let's see. Let's see. Yeah, I just said, no. Wait a minute. I didn't say, hang on, folks. Bear with me. Bear with me. Bear with me. You'll be glad you saw it. Just that we can all have confidence that Kamala's going to do her thing. Okay, I went to you now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Joe Carrico, come on in there real quick, Joe. Uh, thank you, Coach. Talk, you were talking about pastors being in competition. Uh, well, I was pretty amazed. The, uh, I, I attend two churches, one Saturday night, one Sunday morning. And 
the one that Saturday night also has a Sunday morning service, but during COVID, they put their main service to Sunday night and left their main campus, their new campus open for other churches to use it during on Sunday. Wow. They were closed. And sometimes he has other pastors, local pastors come in. And one time he, after, uh, he told everybody, he said, Oliver's a great pastor. He's across two rivers over here. Go to his church if you want to, and then uh, you, he'll lead you well. If it's easier for you, better, you go there. He's a good man. I had never heard a pastor do that before. Amen. But this pastor, let me, let me, we're all one let me throw this in. Yeah, Let me throw this in your face real quickly. What makes a good pastor? What does that even mean? He's a good pastor. What does that mean? What does that mean? He should be looking after the flock, not a, not after his own. What does that look? What's that look like? That's my question. What? Yeah, well, I think it looks like what 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 he's what he did. If it's better for you, go to his church if you want. Because if you if you feel good with that, because he's thinking yeah. of his congregation. What's more convenient? What's better for them? What wherever they want to be, where they feel led to go, and he basically put that forward. Um, I. He didn't say stay say here this, at all costs. I'm not, I'm not arguing with you because I don't know your pastor. If your pastor is not leading you to actively exercise your faith outside the church, you need a new pastor. That's okay. that's what I think. <laughs> that's what I think, right? If, uh, if churches become nothing more than coming and hearing not, another good sermon, that that's it. That's become the church. And they're cutting off the dingers of little boys everywhere we look, and our government's lying to us and they're stealing money from and and we got a guy that stands in the pulpit and gives a good sermon. That's Christianity. I'm not making fun, Joe. That's the church across America. In, in my not so humble opinion. That's why we're in the well, West. This pastor has us involved in local politics. This pastor, I mean, yeah. he's 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 right after pretty much everything that you teach. He he already he naturally does. So here's Kamala Harris waiting in the wings for us, okay? Watch this now. This is what we get if Joe Biden happens to go down. Go. So many of y'all are worried about Joe Biden and his age, but just know this. If he ever has to step down, his successor is more than ready. Today is today. And yesterday was today yesterday. Tomorrow will be today tomorrow. So live today. So the future today will be as the past today, as it is tomorrow. Um, it's fine. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Yeah, I know so many okay. of y'all are working. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Hey, I'm going to show you. I want to encourage you here this morning. Hey, Jonathan, bring up the link about who is Oliver Anthony. Who's Oliver Anthony? This is really, really cool. You guys know who Oliver Anthony is, right? He, he's one that just kind of out of nowhere came up with his with his song, and uh, he just re, he just had a eight million dollar offer from the music industry. Eight million dollar. We we hey, right and put this at one point five speed, Jonathan, and look at the look at the character of this guy. These are the guys that are going to change America. These guys, these guys right here, the NASCAR crowd. Huh? By the way, are you ready? His last name is Lunsford. His real name is Lunsford. Randy, he's of your tribe, brother. Huh? Yeah. Go ahead and play this real quick. Anthony has become an overnight sensation with his song, Rich Men North of Richmond, and rightfully so. But through all of the headlines and the hype over this month, we have not really heard much from the man himself, nor really had a glimpse of who Oliver Anthony really is. And is he even Oliver Anthony? Well, no, he's not. But he is still the same man that we hear and see in the Richmond North of Richmond video. He is humble and as real as they get. I mean, hell, the man has turned down an $8 million music industry offer and has had several others. And today on Oliver Anthony Music's social media, the man, okay, a part of it all, right there, shared so a powerful... He says it's been, Oliver Anthony says it's been difficult as I browse through the 50,000 plus messages and emails I've received in the last week. Stories that have shared, that have been shared, paint a brutally honest picture. Suicide, addiction, unemployment, anxiety, depression, hopelessness, and the list goes on. Folks, that's where America's are. That's where Americans are. That's where they are. The fields are white until the harvest and the church don't get, church, church invites people in. They ain't coming in.
They ain't coming in. We got to go get them. And I'm sitting in such a weird place in my life right now. I never wanted to be a full-time musician, much less sit at the top of the iTunes charts. Draven from Radio WV and I filmed these tunes on my land with the hope that it made me get 300,000 views. I still don't quite believe what has went on since we uploaded that. It's strange to me. People in the music industry give me blank stares when I brush off $8 million offers. I don't want six tour buses, 15 tractor trailers, and a jet. I don't want to play stadium shows. I don't want to be in the spotlight. I wrote the music I wrote because I was suffering with mental health and depression. These songs have connected with millions of people on such a deep level because they're being sung by someone feeling the words in the very moment that they're being sung. No editing, no agent, no bullshit, just some idiot and his guitar. The style of music that we should never have gotten away from in the first place. So that being said, uh, here's a formal, and anyway, this is, the, this is the real dude, right? I could go and play, go ahead, play, go ahead, play a little bit farther. The message uh, behind all of the hype and glory so far, as well as formally introducing us hey, to the real man behind hey, Richmond North minute, of hang Richmond. On, hang on a minute. Why, why is this song so popular? Because this is the heartbeat of America. This is it right now. People are so sick and tired of going of what's going on, and they don't know where to run. And I hate to tell you this. The last place they're going to run is to a church. Sorry. That's why we're in. Yeah, I, well, I wouldn't walk in. huh? If you were lost, if your heart was broken, and you were aching, and your children are on drugs, and their finances were through the roof. And would you want to go to one? Would you want to go to one of those places? Huh? I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to. So, boys and girls, we're going to have to get our elbows dirty, and we're going to have to go to where they are. We're going to have to go to them, and we're going to tell them the truth because they're already sick. We know. We know they're sick. But sadly, they don't see religion as the answer. That's our fault. Yep. And most of it is what's what's masquerading as religion. I don't even want to be part of. Amen. 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 Uh, Amen. That's, I'll, I got I got so much stuff today. Go ahead, Craig. Come on in. really impacted me about understanding something was all the sound of freedom and they got to the very end and they said it's about telling the story and used up tom's cabin back in the days of slavery and he said that book changed the hearts and minds of the people right to accept this a different life and we're not going to get our message out in the corporation media in the corporation churches and so I think just like the gentleman there, he's doing is he's getting a message that is resonating in the hearts and minds of people, but something that they kind of already understand, but it's, it's rising, this, this calling, this, just like freedom, a certain degree, drives awareness and, and calling people. So I think that, that's a final lesson I think we need to learn. And, uh, apply if if we're trying to change. You're, you're really choppy this morning, Craig. For some, for some reason, you're really choppy this morning, right? And uh, here's Craig's point. I I think is Craig's point. Everybody knows something's wrong, and unfortunately, the church doesn't have the solution. Unfortunately, huh? Would you go? Would you go to a men's breakfast? If you were a lost guy, would you go to a men's breakfast? Thinking what every, everybody out there has some type of church experience probably in their life, up, upbringing in church. And so if you go ask somebody, hey, you want to go to a men's breakfast with me? Oh, that's the last thing they want to do. Right? God, we so dropped the ball. Mel, so, hey, sorry, Craig, didn't mean to cut you off, but you were choppy. But Mel, go ahead, then Lauren. 
I love that he turned down the money because that's how they control people. But um, Tracy mentioned it in the chat, and I just wanted to say that he he's been reading the Psalms like in between his songs. So I just he's gone through a major conversion. So I'm just really happy for him, and I think that God has a real strong purpose for his life. Yes, ma'am. I agree. Amen. Psalm 37. Read it. That's what he reads. Hmm. Pull up Psalm 37. Go ahead, Lauren. Jonathan, get up Psalm 37. Go ahead, Lauren. Good morning. The, Good morning. The, the issues with the churches are is you're safer to bury your heart and bear and bear the brokenness in an AA meeting or an NA meeting than you are walking into a church because what happens when you walk into your pastor, then they call the social worker at, at the local government and they show up at your house and then they destroy your family. There's no restoration. It's even worse than that, Lauren. People come to the church and the church refers them to government agencies. Oh, you need exactly some, you need some mental health, right? No, and, and they and they won't they don't meet the need of the brokenness and, and then they encourage you to be broken and they keep you in the cycle just like the welfare system, right? It's it's the Amen. it's the same nonsense, you know. And yes. you know. And if it wasn't for places like what you have here, and I'm so thankful that Claudine introduced me to this to this huddle, and then I get to be a, blessed to be a part of it. But we also get to pray and encourage one another, and we don't know what each other is going through. So somebody can make a comment here because you said yes to God, and your wife is backing you on this. Um, mm -hmm. People aren't committing suicide. Satan doesn't win, you know. Satan thought he had you, but Jesus said you were mine. And that's, it's totally it. And this man who's singing the lyrics of these songs, if you ever take time to listen to whatever somebody's listening to at the moment, that's their heart. Nobody mm -hmm. wants to listen and nobody wants to bear one another's burdens because when life gets messy, what do people do? They run like the cockroaches that they are because there is no mm -hmm. Jesus. And the Jesus that they're meeting is the one that causes harm. Amen. I constantly tell my buddy George, George, run to the light, not away from it. <laughs> when things get tough, don't withdraw. Run to the light. Run to the light. Fret not thyself because of evildoers. Neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they so shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and ver verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Wait a minute. See, this is misinterpreted in the church. God is not going to give you what you want, the desires of your heart. He's going to change the desires of your heart. He's going to, he did that to me. He changed the desires. Of, God, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will put the desires in your heart. Right? I don't desire that stuff I used to desire anymore. He changed my heart. Commit your way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. God's bringing forth judgment. He's telling you to bring it. Bring the judgment. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger. Forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any way to do evil. For the evildoers shall be cut off. Does anybody believe God's word is true? Does anybody believe it's true? For Amen. The shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. Stop a minute. Wait. Wait. Like a waiter. Those who, how, can I change it? Serve. Huh? For those who serve the Lord. They shall inherit the earth. Not the ones that sit around waiting on him. Those who serve him shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. The wicked are leaving, folks. Yeah. Thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek, the controlled, the focused, the uncompromising shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. See, the wicked plotteth against the just. The wicked do. And then gnasheth upon him with his teeth. The wicked do. 
the Lord's going to laugh at him. For he sees his day is coming. Not, 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 look, not capital H, not Jesus' day. He's laughing at the wicked because he sees that wicked guy's day is coming. <laughs> oh, it's coming, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah, your day's coming. Because if it was Jesus seeing his day, it'd be capital H. The wicked have drawn out the sword. They have, and they've bent their bow. Oh, they have for sure. To cast down the poor and the needy and to slay such as the evaporate conversation. Ban you on Facebook. Their sword shall enter into their own heart. What? Yeah, that's what it says. And their bows will be broken. Because the little that a righteous man have is better than the riches of many of the wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken. What imagery this is, right? But the Lord holds up the righteous. The Lord knoweth the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time. And in the days of famine, they're going, they're going to have food. But the wicked, oh, they're going to perish. And the enemies of the Lord shall be as fat lambs. They shall consume into smoke, shall they consume away. Because, see, the wicked government borrows and doesn't pay back. But the righteous show mercy and give. For such as be blessed of him shall inherit the earth. Oh, God, I keep seeing it. We're not leaving the earth. We're inheriting the earth. And they that be cursed of him shall be cut off. My favorite life verse. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. And he delighteth in his way. Can I tell you something? I'm happy. I delight in my way. I delight in my way. I love what I do. Why? Because my steps are ordered by the Lord. I delight in my way. Though I fall down, I'm not down there forever. The Lord's going to grab me and going to pull me back up. Because I've been young, I've been old, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He's ever merciful and lendeth. And his seed is blessed. So friends, depart from evil. Do good. And dwell forevermore. For the Lord loveth judgment. How many times they told you in your church, who are you to judge? We're not to judge. We're not to judge there, David. Coach Dave, you're not supposed to judge. What? The Lord loves it. He forsaketh not his saints. Saints are preserved forever. But the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land. Righteous ain't leaving. Sorry, folks. They're going to dwell in there forever. And the mouth of the righteous shall speak wisdom. And his tongue talketh of what? The righteous tongue talketh of judgment? Coach, we're not supposed to judge. Who are you to judge? Don't judge me what the righteous do. The law of his God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. The wicked watch the righteous, and they're out to get him. The the Lord will not leave him in his hand, nor condemn him when he is judged. Wow. Wait on the Lord. Serve the Lord. Serve the Lord and keep his way. And he shall exalt you to inherit the land. Thought we were leaving. When the wicked are cut off, you're going to see it. That's what it says. When the wicked are cut off, you're going to see it. Folks, we're going to see it soon. We're going to see the wicked get cut off. I've seen the wicked in great power, David said. And the wicked spreading himself like a green bay tree. Yet the wicked one passed away. Hmm? And lo, he was not. Yeah, I sought him. But he couldn't be found. Bill Clinton won't be around much longer. Hillary ain't going to be around much longer. Comey, Mitch McConnell, Nancy Pelosi. Mark the perfect man and behold the upright, for the end of that man is peace. But the transgressors 
shall be destroyed together. The end of the wicked shall be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous, well, that's of the Lord. He, the righteous, in his strength in time of trouble. And the Lord shall help him and deliver him. And he shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. Boom. We got the gospel absolutely upside down. We're constantly running and hiding from the wicked. We're supposed to be exposing them. Come on in, Jeff. Amen, Coach. Hey, I just read it. That's all I did. I just read it. Coming in, Jeff. You know what? Here's two scenarios. This is it's craziness what's going on in our society. Julie and I talked about the other day. The kid is life's a wreck, a little nine-year-old boy. Talked to him last night, and we didn't know where he was standing on things because it's just it was kind of weird. He's on my car lot one night crying and bawling. I had prayer with him. He walked away, come back the next day. I take him to the four nights under the tent, out in the field, no buildings around, out under this tent with a preacher just bringing fire and brimstone every night. And the, that guy from Alabama was ripping the church, ripping the Christians. What are we doing? He just had a great messages. Found out last night, Julian said, well, I'm a Christian now. I said, Julian, I said, when did you become a Christian? I mean, he hasn't said nothing. I mean, he didn't go walk the aisle, get a pastor up there to pray with him or somebody. He said, well, he says, I just cried out to Jesus. I said, when? Hmm. He said, Saturday night. That was yeah, the fourth simple. night he had been to the tent. He said, I went home. I laid on my floor and started crying out to Jesus. He said, I was actually crying. He said, I'm just bawling. Oh. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. So we talked. So I've had this experience with him for the last six, seven days now, and it is incredible. This horrible life, $400 apartment, a one-room little shack, raising a little boy that's so polite. Well, then Wednesday, I got a guy, the other end of the spectrum, a car dealer. He's a wholesaler. He doesn't have a dealership. He wholesales about 250 cars a month. He's got a beautiful property, probably three-quarters of a million, three-fourths of a million. Any car he wants to drive, he's got him. I mean, you talk about people, everybody look at him, so I want his life. He sat in my garage the other afternoon for an hour, kicked off his shoes, sit there in bare feet, was supposed to be a dentist. He sold cars for life, made some millions, and he starts laying his problems out to me. He said, JC, he said, I love just coming here and sitting and talking to you. He said, I'm going to tell you the other day, he said, I don't know what's going on in my life. He said, I went up, climb up on top of my house and sit up on my roof. I said, what was you doing up there? He said, just looking into the clouds. I said, you were looking for some peace and joy and just calm it. He said, absolutely. He said, I don't have that in my life. I mean, he's flipping 250 cars a month, running like a chicken with his head cut off and just crazy. So we've chatted about Christ and the peace and joy. That only, that's the only place you're going to find it. Not in the millions, not in the cars, not in that beautiful home. So I got both ends. You got a poor guy that's just nothing but troubles. The rich guy, nothing but troubles. And getting to share with him, I gave him that little, just a book of John. I said, take this. His name is J.D. I said, take this with you. I said, tonight, if you climb up on your roof or if you go out in the woods, read some of this. He looked at it real quick. He said, J.C. said, I will read this tonight and I'll get back to you. I said, hey, man. <laughs> but we got him everywhere. Just J.C., they wouldn't let you near the pulpit in most churches. Sorry. Awesome, man. That's living out evangelism. Amen. Amen. Right for the harvest. Right now, right for the harvest. Cindy. Yeah, Roger, I'm sorry. No? Hands still up. Jack. Yeah. One of the things that you're you're kind of indicating here is, Coach, as as like you and I and Roger and some of the others are a little older, the more we look back on this, we're gonna see and we're seeing and an exponential explosion of PTSD symptoms. The whole world has PTSD. And it's not, and the trauma that they're suffering from is the lies that they've been told. 
That's right. They know that they've been lied to, but they can't figure out how it really was supposed to be. They know that something is wrong with what they're being told, but they can't right. figure out what the solution is. We have the solution, but we don't go out and, and hand it to them because we're part of the church is part of the problem. The eminent rapture theory is when people have been raised in that their entire life from birth and they're 40 years old and they see that it didn't happen 20 years ago like it was supposed to and 10 years ago like it was supposed to, they end up with PTSD type symptoms. Yeah. And, and you wonder why there's more confusion? That's where it is. And we have, we, hey, we're not do, fixing it. I'm Spencer or Jonathan. Look up real quickly, the late great planet Earth. This this changed America more than anything. This changed Christianity more than anything. The late great planet yep. Earth, written by Hal yep. Lindsey. When did he write it? And it led to the movie Left Behind, right? Late great planet Earth, pull up. Folks, I'm not stepping on your theology. I don't care. Believe what you want to believe. I want to think. I want to think. I don't want to believe something because Billy Bob told me. Late great is best-selling book, 1970. Declared to be a best-selling notification. The book was the first feature of primetime television. It was featured on primetime television, featuring Hal Lindsey in 74 and 75, an audience of 70 million. The great late great planet Earth is a treatment of literalists of premillennial dispensational eschatology. And as such, it compared end-time prophecies in the Bible within current events in an attempt to predict future scenarios resulting in the rapture of believers before the tribulation and second coming of Jesus. 1970, the late great planet Earth, followed quickly by Left Behind. Put it up there. This radically transformed America. When was Left Behind the movie produced from this? made millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. And today, if you mention anything against uh, dispensationalism or the pre-tribulation rapture, they, they won't even let you in most churches. Huh? Left Behind is a 2014 apocalyptic thriller film directed by Vince Arden and written by Peter LeBond and John Pottis based on 1999 novel, the same name, written by Tim LaHaye and Jerry Jenkins. Yep. Left Behind was released in theaters on October 3rd, 2014. It was panned by critics and holds a zero rating on Rotten Tomatoes. It doesn't matter. The film grossed $27.4 million. This is in 19 or 2014. What would it be worth now? Yeah, but Coach, that was the Nicolas Cage version. That wasn't the Kirk Cameron series of the, uh, the three. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. I'm, getting, I'm getting in the high weeds. I'm getting in the high weeds. So I would say this to everybody out there, and then I'm going to get Tracy in here. I'm going to get you guys in here. If you believe in a soon coming rapture, give me every dollar you have. Because you're going to be gone, and somebody's going to get that money. Give it to me. Right now, give it to me. If you believe that, give it to me right now. Tracy. Coach, Put your money where your mouth you is. Don't, you don't just read the Bible. You teach the Bible. There's a big difference. Pat yeah. yourself on the back. You have educated me more than I could have ever imagined. I asked the Lord to help me understand the Bible, and he sent you. So Amen. you are through him coach don't yep. you know don't just say just because Amen. i've learned so much of your teachings you you go so, along so, and tracy, you help us understand it. thanks thanks tracy look i got I, thank, thank you dear look do you understand are you looking at me friend do you believe that do you know that there are many many christians many christian denominations that don't teach the rapture you, tell me tell me you know that Tell me you know that. And so for someone to come along and say, uh, I'm not sure about this rapture thing, it doesn't make me a heretic. There's whole denominations that don't believe in that rapture. 
It's called dispensationalism. But the movers and shakers in Christianity, for the most part, are dispensationalists, meaning they believe that we're in the end times and there's a soon coming rapture. Now, look, if that's your belief, God bless you. I'm going to tell you this, and I've said it many times, that if they sent word to me that there was a, hey, hey, listen, we just saw it. We just saw it in Maui. The fire comes into Maui. <laughs> a rapture coming for some folks. I hate to tell you. They, the fire's coming into Maui. And what did everybody at Maui complain about? Well, they all complained that nobody warned them. Nobody warned them. They could have gotten out of there had they known. And we believe in a pre-tribulation rapture, and we don't tell anybody. The churches don't tell anybody. They just tell the people in their congregation. They don't tell people, you got to get out on the streets and you got to warn everybody, there's a big fire coming. We don't even believe what we say we believe. That's my, that's my gripe. That's my gripe. My gripe isn't the rapture. My gripe is our reaction to it, if we believe it. Dave Allison. Yeah, great teaching as always. The interesting thing, um, yeah, as I was listening to the testimony about the young man who made the song, God bless him, bless him for it. And obviously, I really enjoyed the song and the message he's got, right? I look, he used a little bit of uh, uh, strong language in there, but, you know, I think we need some strong language, right? I think we need more of it, right? So yeah. interesting. You know this, Coach, and a few other people know this, but 20 years ago, I made a CD. And there's a song on there, Keep Moving On. It's a song about the, the battle we have between the, the flesh and the spirit, right? And I took that to my local Christian radio station, and they looked at it, and, well, this just doesn't fit our genre here. Sorry, we can't, uh, we can't, we can't use this, right? So, okay, whatever. I did it for God's glory. A missionary took that CD to the Eastern Bloc, the Soviet blocks. That song has been playing in Poland for 12 straight years and I get royalty checks from Poland every year but I can't get one I can't, yep they don't want it they so I God doesn't want me to cast the pearls amongst the swine I'm, I'm telling you right now so I think it's God's got a great sense of humor right and it's to God be all the glory but I mean I can relate amen buddy amen hey hey folks here's here's me if it's true I want to believe it if it's not true I don't and there's some things that I'm not sure of right I'm going to be honest with you. As I said, if there's a rapture, I'm out of here. First bus bus load, I'm gone. But I'm not so sure. I'm going to tell everybody else that because I don't know. Because half of Christianity doesn't believe that. Clay. Now, I grew up down in the deep south, down in Mobile, Alabama. And it was kind of like Hurricane Alley. And uh, so this tribulation, this great tribulation that's coming, we say we're going to be raptured before the great tribulation. Well, what if we had said we're going to be raptured before the great hurricane? So does that mean that you don't you don't get ready for any of the hurricanes? You just wait for the you just let all the hurricanes come and then just get killed because you're waiting. You think the great hurricanes coming? That's right. I'm telling you, Clay. I'm telling you, same mentality. Amen. It's the same mentality, folks. I'm not listen. Look, listen, please hear. Don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not, I, I, please don't, I don't know about the rapture and neither do you. And you would have to admit with me that there is what they call dispensationalism, uh, right? John Darby dispensationalism. Then there's uh, Arminianism. There's all kinds of different types of beliefs in Christianity, all types of it. So for anybody to question that and then you get mad, it's because you think you know and you don't know. Right? Rodney, come in. No? Betty Perkins, go. Hey, I just want to Rodney, thank you. Rodney, go. Rodney, hang on, Betty. Rodney, go. No. Betty. Uh, I, I'm on the same page as Tracy. I, I've learned so much from you. And as far as the rapture is concerned, be it pre, mid, or post, I don't care when it comes. I got my own feelings. The word is to be ready no matter if it comes now or whenever. 
You just need Betty, to be Betty, ready we're, and we're, we're, we're trying to hold the line so we don't get into too much trouble before the rapture comes. That's our position. <laughs> I'm just going to hold on here. Amen, Betty. Amen. Good work. Good, good work. Password pain. Quickly, Tom. Quickly, Tom. The end of the world doesn't have to be the end of the world for your world to come to an end. No man's guaranteed tomorrow. We should warn everybody every minute of every day because that is the simple truth. Whether you're pre, mid, or post, here's the deal. Just have faith. Have your landing gear down, brother. God bless. Boom. Amen. I need a month. I need a month. Hey, have a great weekend. I don't mean to piss you off. I'm just telling you the truth. Yes, you do. I shouldn't have said said pissed. I'm sorry. I didn't want to. I didn't mean to anger you. I'm sorry. See you on Monday. God bless you.